0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket.
1: Real estate is a get-rich-slow business, not a get-rich-quick business. But when you get rich in this business, wow. It is unbelievable the opportunity that things this business can give
0: you. Real quick before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off, and that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smartmove Tenant Screening for 25% off. Here's how Smartmove can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smartmove's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non payment risk with Smartmove's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes. And determine if additional income verification is needed get critical information quickly with a full credit report criminal background and eviction history report with over 5 million screenings completed smart move can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property if you own a rental property smart move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions Don't put yourself at risk. Go to TenantScreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Joe Lieber, how you doing, Joe?
1: Doing well, sir.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear it and looking forward to our conversation. Joe is the broker and president of JL Investment Group. He's bought and sold more than 1,000 houses and owns 150 units. He's based in Cleveland, Ohio, and I love your URL, clevelandinvestor.com. Nice work on getting that URL. So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
1: Absolutely. So this is my 21st year in the real estate business. I got into real estate just pretty much right out of high school. And I've been through all those trials and tribulations and bumps in the road from owning a real estate brokerage to doing fix and flips and lease options and landlording. And I even had a little run there in multifamily and very well versed in all aspects of this business. It's been quite an interesting journey.
0: Well, let's talk about it. So you've been in the business for 21 years. What are the major areas of focus that you've had as you had them?
1: You know, it's always been residential, single-family homes for the most part. This is where I have just shined over the years. And this is also where slow and steady really wins the race. I'm a cash flow guy. I'm all about cash flow. And being in a Midwestern market here like Cleveland, we're known for our cash flow. We're a cash flow state. And I've done very, very well. I currently have 150 single family homes in my portfolio and it has turned out to be very, very good, very lucrative for cash flow. And now even equity is unbelievable.
0: Those are singles, 150 single family homes. Wow. We're going to talk about how you manage that. What's the average monthly profit per door?
1: So I'm at a point now where in 2017, and right around the first quarter of 17, I got my entire portfolio paid for. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful for that. It took me a long time to do that. My average rent's about $800 per door, and it works. Before though, when you have liens against the property, I would say, uh, and this will make for a good story later on, but between $200 and $0 per month was the average cash flow when you're leaned up there.
0: Right. And when you say liens, are you referring to like mechanical liens or are you talking about a mortgage? I'm talking about mortgages. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, cool. Well, even with it being paid off now and you're bringing in 800 bucks a month on average in rent, I'm sure you have some expenses.
1: Sure. I run at about a 36% operating expense ratio okay. annually on that.
0: Got it. Okay. And what are those expenses? What are they?
1: pretty much the basics. They're your taxes. They're your insurance. If it's a section eight property, I always pay the water and sewer bill and a little bit of a budget for repairs, of course. And that's how I get to that number at about 36%. But and so- I run lease, but I own property management. I self-manage. You
0: self-manage. Okay. I was going to ask you about that. So you generate approximately $512 per unit and you've got 150. So you're bringing in Profit, it's about $76,000 a month. Is that pretty accurate?
1: Hey, Joe, I don't count your money. What's going on here?
0: (laughs) We're talking specifics, though,
1: right? You're right. And that is what it is. That's correct.
0: Cool. So, why did you make it a point to pay off your properties versus continue to have them leveraged and then use that cash flow to buy more properties?
1: That's a great question. So I bought a lot of my properties, the bulk between 2008 and 2013. At that time, these properties were very, very cheap here in Cleveland. When I say cheap, I'm talking between eight and 25,000 cheap, which as you know, is probably very hard to procure financing. So that's when this whole world of private lending opened up to me. And what I would do is I would go out and buy five properties rehabbed for a hundred thousand dollars. I would call a private lender, get a $100,000 loan. And I just thought I want to get them paid off as quickly as possible, right? So I would do a five-year fully amortized loan. at like a hefty rate. I was paying these private guys like between 10 and 12%. But they were five-year fully amortized loans. So I wasn't really cash flowing monthly. I was breaking even. I shouldn't say I wasn't cash flowing. I actually was cash flowing a little bit, believe it or not. They were these short-term rapid pay down loans. And I went buck wild and bought all these houses, like tons and tons of houses. And then they all got paid off by January 17th. It's like once the first loan pays off, it just just, just keeps falling. It's like dominoes. They keep falling and falling and falling. And everything got paid off. And I'm a little old school and I like being debt free. I still acquire new assets, but now I acquire them with my $76,000 a month in positive cash flow. Mm-hmm. So I could buy a house or two or three or whatever a month and buy it without any debt.
0: When you say a little more old school, you like to be debt-free. Why is that important to you?
1: It's important to me because I went through a time in the early 2000s where I was mortgaged up on everything. My cash flows are razor thin, and I had some sleepless nights. I had to feed that portfolio a couple of times, and I didn't like that spot. So when the opportunity presented itself – After the mortgage madness meltdown, we could buy cheap houses and this and that. I just wanted to be debt-free. I wanted to just be completely relaxed in my real estate investment business. And that's the way I just chose to do it.
0: With the portfolio you have now and the acquisitions that you look to do and whatever other activities you're doing, how would you break out your time in terms of what you focus on? Like if 100% of your time, what percent goes to what category
1: over any given week? It's a great question. I'm doing a lot of turnkey stuff right now here in my market. So I focus a lot of time on acquiring assets to buy, fix, repair, and sell to other investors that want to try to live a cash flow lifestyle like I do now. Everything else, as far as my real estate brokerage, it's really an autopilot business. <laughs> I have an operations manager that's 25 years in the business she run that for me, all the day-to-day operations, which is just wonderful. I'm very grateful for her. So I spend probably 10% of my time in my real estate brokerage. I probably spend 50% of my time or more in my turnkey business and my rental properties, those 150 properties we discussed with the right systems and processes, you can really run an autopilot rental property, real estate business. And I have great workflows. I have project managers, leasing agents, disposition agents, and they run all those things for me. So although I don't want to be mistaken, I am involved in my business every day. I'm not completely away from it, but it does run with very little of my involvement.
0: Please educate me on how you have that set up because I'm sure a lot of best-ever listeners who have a single-family portfolio – Would love to learn how you have 150 single family homes and how many hours would you say you spend a week on that? You personally?
1: Less than 10.
0: Okay. So how do you do that?
1: Okay. So we use a system called Asana. It's basically a task management system that I have all the properties in. And we have workflows in each one of those different things. So I can constantly see what's going on and what's outstanding. If it wasn't for that particular free software, I would probably be a mess. I love using that for the business. And then also you want to set things up. So like when a service call comes in, it comes in through our ring central line. And then you'll hear prompts. You'll say, basically, what do you need? Do you need a copy of your lease? Do you need to tell my office manager your rent is going to be late? Do you have a maintenance call? And they'll follow the prompts and they'll say, push button three, right? And that goes to main. Then it goes to the maintenance man. And the call is recorded. So there's a tracking of it. A work order is created. They'll go out. They'll take a look at the property and see what's going on. And then it comes back to me for approval. Now, that's the only part of it. People are going to say, oh, you're involved. Yes, I am involved. (laughs) But we're spending my money. I want to know what's going on. It's very near and dear to me. When we miss a rent, I want to know why. That's 800 bucks literally over here in Uncle Joe's pocket. And I want that money. So I need to know why and exactly what's going on. And I do stay involved in that aspect. I've taken my eye off of that ball before. And I can promise you, when you take your eye off that ball, it's going to cost you money. When people see you relax, they think you don't care about money. They think you don't care. They don't think you care about the employee working for you. So by being involved like that, it just works better.
0: What happened when you weren't involved that it didn't work out so much?
1: They took advantage of my generosity by not being involved, like really involved in it. And knowing I'm watching my money and I'm watching what's going on, I think my leasing agents were just writing leases to write leases and not having my best interests in play and just want to get paychecks. They're wanting to just underwrite anyone. Oh yeah. They fit the criteria. Let's put them in there. No, let me just take a look at it. Let's make sure they're making the money. Let's make sure they haven't been evicted recently. Let's do a drive by on their current house or where they're living now. Make sure it's not a complete disaster. So things like that, a little bit more due diligence is much better for me by staying in the seat here a little bit.
0: So from what I've heard so far, The two areas you continue to be actively involved in is one, new leases, and two, maintenance expenses, approval of that. Are those the main two areas or are there others?
1: They really are. Those are the main two things.
0: And with the maintenance expenses, is there a dollar amount that if it is this dollar amount or below, then you do not get involved?
1: I do. I do $300. And you're $300. Don't call me to put a faucet in or replace Mm -hmm. a toilet. I don't care about that. It's the bigger things. You tell me we're going to need to re-roof a house or we have to replace furnace and air conditioner, things like that. I really have a conversation to make sure we're getting the best possible pricing and using the best equipment.
0: And when one of your leasing agents has a prospective resident and they send you their information, do you have any process where you're not having to be overwhelmed with a bunch of stuff that you just want some core information or is there something else that you do to streamline that?
1: Yeah. I only make them send me people that fit a general criteria. And when I look at it, I still don't go through and I don't pull credit and do all that crazy stuff. Cause what I've noticed is most people that are renting the houses that I'm offering don't have great credit. That's to be expected. My main thing is, are you making the money? Do you make three times gross income of what the rent is? That's one of my criteria. And have you been evicted in the past? Cause if you have, it's kind of like when you did it once, you're not as afraid to get evicted a second time. that makes sense? <laughs> yeah, so, I guess. <laughs> I guess. So I just don't want people that have typically been evicted in the last seven years. So I'll kind of watch that a little bit. But that's it. I want my leasing agents to send me just the best stuff that comes through. Do you really like this person? Do you believe me? He's the right person for our property. And it comes from a training, of course, and time we spend in office meetings and things of that nature. But when I get them, it's pretty much a pretty quick review process.
0: I have three homes, not 150 homes, but I know when I get a request from my property management company and they give me the information. At first, they just give me the information and then that was it. But then I got a little bit smarter and I was like, before you send me information, you tell me if you would approve them and then I will just look at it and I'll just say, yeah, good with me too. Because at first I think they were sending me people who they may or may not have approved. I'm like, well, why are you sending me these people if you're not 100% on board with them?
1: Exactly. It saves a lot of time and you have to have them be your eyes and ears out there. It really helps.
0: What's a deal where you lost money?
1: Oh, oh yes, Joe. Great question. So in 2009, I decided, hey, I want to step up my game. I want to go big time. I'm going to buy an apartment building. So I bought a class D 48 unit apartment building here in Cleveland, Ohio. I owned it for almost 10 years Okay, and it literally stole my life from me. Mm -hmm. It was a very challenging building to run. I could not get it right. Everything is very expensive. When you're talking multifamily, it seems like the price triples. Boilers are not 400 bucks. They're 14,000. Crazy things like that. Just a front door on a house costs 300 bucks. A front door on a commercial apartment building costs 3,000 bucks. I could not get the thing to work right. I think about it constantly, even though I've been out of this building for over two years now, and I have not been able to dive back into multifamily since.
0: And what would you say is a couple things that you mentioned the expenses and things, but objectively speaking, if you were to take a step back, are there certain things you would have done going into that deal or a deal like that, that you would do a little bit differently?
1: You know, I would. I, I honestly think about it all the time. I think, what went wrong? Did I overpay for it? Did I buy in the wrong neighborhood? What would I do if I had repurchased that building? And I think what I would have done this time is I would have made it fully 100% Section 8 building, or I think I would have tried to turn it in, into some type of residential assisted living facility, find an operator. I would have rather have done something like that with that building than trying to just work with private pay individuals over there in a very challenging neighborhood.
0: When you take a look at all the properties you purchased, is it that one forty-eight unit and then just single families, or have you bought other things besides the forty-eight unit and single families?
1: Just those.
0: So no duplexes or triplexes or anything.
1: I'm sorry, I do own ten duplexes.
0: Okay. All right. That, that's part of the one hundred and fifty.
1: That's part of the one fifty. Yeah.
0: Okay, got it. And why not do more duplexes and fourplexes versus single family homes?
1: Here's why. For me in my market now, this is market specific. So in Cleveland, Ohio, about the cheapest you can live is a five hundred bucks a month. And typically in these two family homes here in the Cleveland area, that's the cheapest rent. And it seems like I get (laughs) just about anybody and everybody making applications for these houses. And it's a challenge to get them to run right. They don't run perfectly. I have more turnover in my duplexes than I would my single family homes. And there's always silly issues coming up. Like they're making too much noise upstairs and Jimmy downstairs is playing his music or smoking weed or silly things like that. So I've just found just a great niche in the single-family home area, and I do very well there. Unless I do master lease options, I've done those on the two-family homes where I'll do a master lease option to one person, give them both sides, and they put family members or friends or ailing parents in one side, and, and they've done things like that. But typically, I just can't get them to work awesome.
0: You stay in your lane. You know what you're really good at, and so you just double down on that, right?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. I like staying in my lane anymore.
0: You've got over, you said you've got 21 years in the real estate business with your brokerage. Why not try and get 70 agents under your brokerage and then get some residual income that way?
1: Great question. So I went at that real hard in about 2004. First of all, my brokerage name is called Real Estate Quest. We're just a small independent brokerage. And Going out there and through all these trials and tribulations of trying to get agents into my company. I have about 17 right now, it's been with a very long time, but trying to attract more agents, for whatever reason, agents want to work for the big name companies. They want to work for the Remaxes, the KWs, the C21s. I'm gonna go into a story about that. So I have a colleague here in the Cleveland area who had a Remax franchise and she had 110 agents. And she said, without trying to go into any names of what division REMAX was called, they have like sub names like REMAX New Horizon Realty or, okay. you know, REMAX Blue Chair Group or whatever, right? <laughs> right. So this particular REMAX franchise, Blue Chair Group, the broker had a great relationship with all of her agents. 110 of them. They loved her, thought she was great. And she said one day she came in the office and said, hey, guys, listen, let's have an office meeting. 110 agents. I want to drop the REMAX franchise, she says. She's like, let's just be called Blue Chair Group. Forget the Remax Blue Chair Group. And the agents said, you know what? We're on board with you. Let's do it. Let's get rid of that. We'll quit paying franchise fees. We've already got a namesake in the community. We don't need the Remax. <laughs> so she dropped it. You know what happened the next day, Joe? What? 78 agents quit. <laughs> Why they did her dirty like that, I still don't know to this day. I just saw her recently. It's been about five years now. And she only has 12 agents. So for whatever reason, these agents they want to work for a larger name. And I was always afraid I had the salespeople for these franchises come into my office from I mean, your exit realties, your C two ones, and pitch me on getting a franchise. And I always just felt like I was getting a job and I wasn't responsible to hit certain numbers, to satisfy by the franchisor, or, or I didn't want a job. I wanted to actually be an entrepreneur and figure it out myself. So I did try to check agents. I did a pretty good job, but I found myself sitting at my desk a lot, answering a lot of questions and really just trying to work through issues of the day. And agents, I love them, but they're just not super loyal to the broker. You know, let's be honest. Right. If Remax is offering a 100% commission tier and a $400 desk fee, they're gone they're going to leave you. Or if down the street, another company is offering 80% commission, you're at 75, they're going to leave you once again. Mm-hmm. So I tried to put stock in that for a few years and it's uh, it's okay. I didn't think it was super lucrative, at least in my area, my market. Once again, a little smaller sales price of homes than other places in the country. So I kind of left it. I still have it. I think it's great, but that was about it for me.
0: What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: All right, so this might be a little cliche, but my best advice ever is the rich people work for assets. They don't work for money. And I really took this to heart as a young kid and, and, and a young man and accumulated as many assets as I could. For a while there, I didn't understand why. It wasn't even making sense. I wasn't even making money, but I had all these assets. <laughs> and I literally couldn't pay for lunch. It was to <laughs> that point. <laughs> but <laughs> I think anybody who 's been through this knows what i 'm talking about, but the magic of it is is it all comes together. real estate is a get rich slow business, it's not a get rich quick business. but when you get rich in this business, wow, it is unbelievable the opportunity the things this business can give you and here we are twenty years later, and I feel good about it i 'm in a great place in my business right now it 's real i 'm a real player and it's a good spot. So that would be my best advice ever is buy these assets. No matter what they are, you're not going to go wrong buying real estate assets.
0: I clearly know the concept of the rich people work for assets, but I've never heard it phrased that way. The rich people work for assets. So appreciate you putting a a fresh spin, at least for me, on a tried and true concept. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round?
1: Yeah. let's, let's, Let's go for it.
0: All right. Let's do it. First though, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at com forward slash show. That's dwE forward slash show. Okay, best ever book you've recently read Rocket Fuel. What's the best ever deal you've done that we haven't talked about already?
1: All right. 2009, I buy a home, a single family home that's four bedroom, three bath. Kind of a weird setup, right? Because it was like a duplex. that wasn't really a duplex, something crazy going on. I paid $9,000 for this home. I go into it. I finish the upstairs. I cut some bedrooms in. I make it a seven bedroom, three bath home. I put a wonderful, very, very grateful Section 8 family in this home. I received 1250 a month, Section 8, fully subsidized, on a $15,000 investment. Nine for the house, six for the rehab, and I've been getting that money all these years. Same tenant in the property, same house that's been going on since 2009.
0: I bought a house in 2009 for $76,000, and the rent was $1,100. So... <laughs> Nice work on that. That's quite the return on your investment, plus you're helping people out along the way.
1: Oh, such a grateful family too. The whole family is together this way. They're extremely grateful. I'll even go over there occasionally, stop by, see how they're doing. I go to Costco and get a big bag of candy. I'll take it over there, give it to the kids and stuff just to be cool, just to do cool stuff like that. People love that and I love doing it.
0: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction in real estate?
1: Ooh, good question. Gosh, yo, I made a lot of them over years. If you saw me, you'd see me all beat up and bruised and scratched (laughs) up. A mistake I made is I started doing some private lending and I I lent to people that I'll say uh, liked and you can get burned like that. And I've been burned doing private lending. So my mistakes are, make sure you get your documents in order, get the right things, get what you need. So in case something goes wrong, because I guess it will go wrong, even if it is your friend or you know known another guy for 20 years. Things will go wrong, so make sure you're right.
0: Best ever way you like to give back.
1: All right, so I'm involved in some high-end masterminds in our business, in real estate, and there's some really great guys out there who have some wonderful charities, and I love getting involved in donating to their charities and watching them take it and run with it. There are some really great organizations out there run by some really good people, and I am more than happy to donate to my friends' organizations.
0: How can the best of our listeners learn more about what you got going
1: on? The best way to reach me, Joe Lieber. Feel free to drop me an email. My personal email address is rebroker, the number is 216 at gmail.com. You can always call me here at the office, area code 440-387-4800. I'm at extension 2. Or check me out on the web at clevelandinvestor.com.
0: Enjoyed our conversation and conversation about identifying where you have the most competitive advantage and what you thrive doing and then doubling down on that. Enjoyed hearing about your approach to debt and you hate it and how you structure your portfolio accordingly. The lessons learned on the 48-unit apartment building and that success story of the renovation with a $15,000 all-in project. So thanks again for being on the show. Really enjoyed our conversation. Hope you have the best ever day and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantas discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellindwellynn.com forward slash show. That's dwellyn forward slash show.